back, am I right? Okay. Welcome back. We had a little uh, bit of a week, and like an off week. Um, it's good to see you all in person instead of just looking at a camera last week and talking. Um, it's definitely it's nice to see faces, and we're going to interact just a little bit tonight. Um, so it'll be nice have some human contact. Um, <clears throat> so, like Matt said, my name is Luke, and I serve as one of the elders here. And uh, last week we started, well, sorry, we are continuing an overarching series that Nick has talked about called um, Abide and Activate. Working on the sound. Abide and activate. And within that overarching series, um, and this is kind of a lot for the beginning of the year that we're leaning into. And within that series, we are, <laughs> um, it's all right, you do your thing, guys. I'll, I'll work through it. Um, talking about hearing God. So last week was part one of hearing God. This is part two. This is the end of, not the end of hearing God, but the end of this, what I'll be sharing. So, um, the main points, for those of you who weren't with us online last week, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Uh, you can get it on YouTube and potentially our podcast. Um, it will be up at some point if it's not up already. And last week we talked about the overarching meta narrative of Scripture and of the of of Christ um, creating all things and then restoring all things and. Some key points that we pulled out in regards to this content is, is um, abiding by listening. Listening to the voice of the Lord by abiding, <clears throat> by abiding. Hearing God is a foundation to a life with Christ. Hearing God is a foundation to life with Christ. We covered that last week. This is just a recap here. Thriving relationship requires active communication. A thriving relationship requires active communication. Abiding is connection. It's about connection and, and remaining in connection. And again, the meta narrative of Scripture revolves around relationship. Christ, God creating humans for relationship and then restoring relationship when that was broken, and He'll restore that all together <clears throat> in the marriage supper of the Lamb when Christ restores, is restored to the body of Christ and the great consummation. So what does all of this mean for us now, practically speaking? So we went big, you know, Genesis to Revelation last week, a lot of big ideas. What does that mean on the, on the service level here, you and me, um, day to day? Uh, the, a really big uh, point for this is that it's for all believers. Hearing God is for all believers. And I don't say that in a way that is... Um, um, condemning. I don't say that in a way that is attacking if, if you feel otherwise. Um, what I mean by that is that here, if, it's not just for those who are in leadership of a church or a ministry. It's not just for those who are um, more spiritual. It's not just for um, those who seem to, who are missionaries or have some other vocation that's similar to that. It's for all believers, and Jesus talks about that in John 10 when he said that, um, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And his sheep is all of us, those who profess to be followers of Christ. 
And so what I see this as is, is if you've not had experiences like this where you, active communication with the Lord, hearing the voice of God, um, I, there is, you know, no matter how long you've, you've served the Lord or, or, or walked with the Lord, um, this is not, that statement is not like, oh, you haven't heard the Lord's voice, then, oh, well, you know, like, that's not that at all. I believe that the Lord is, is, is talking about this as an invitation, not a condemnation. So this is, a, this is inviting us, Jesus is inviting us into relationship because the whole point is relationship. And how can we have a relationship with someone if we don't talk with them and if we don't listen? I can talk at Matt all day, like in this, in some of you who I've never interacted with before, I could talk at you right now, but you won't know me, you won't know, we won't have a relationship, right? So it's the same idea. We have to listen in this conversational relationship with the Lord for it to continue to thrive and grow in, in that manner, in a conversation, in, in growing in intimacy. Um, Jesus goes further into talking about this in John 17, where he says um, that, He's talking to the, to the Father, um, and he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all those whom have been, have been uh, given to him. And this is eternal life. This is what it is, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This, <clears throat> when I was, I grew up in a very conservative um, church community, and which was such a blessing um, in that sense, but just a lot of Bible study, a lot of review of scripture, and a lot of loving people, um, but we never talked about what does it mean to have a relationship with the Lord. It was talked about like, hey, we need relationship with God, but what does that look like? How does that, how does that um, play out practically? And so eternal life was always the, the ticket, was always like, oh yeah, like, Commit to Jesus, you get your uh, get out of hell free card, you know. But Jesus says, like he lays it out very, you know, specifically. It's about knowing God, and it's not just knowing about God. It's not just knowing things of Him or knowing what He said. Or this is that word that's used for knowing is is a deep, intimate, relational knowing. And He uses this again in Revelation. Um, and he's talking to the, I believe it's the church of uh, Laodicea, and Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. At that time, eating with someone in their home was an invitation to a lifelong relationship. It was not just, uh, I went over and had you know, chicken fingers at Brandon's house and we just hung out and, you know. It was like, this is a very deep, meaningful thing. Um, and so Jesus is saying, hey, I'm here, I'm here. If you hear my voice, open the door, let me in. I wanna have this, this relationship, this intimacy with you. So that's, that's like setting the stage for what we're gonna dive into. I've got um, a list of items, so if you're a note taker, I encourage you, this is the time to take notes. Uh, and then we're gonna do a little bit of interaction um, after that. Um, I love lists, it's just helpful because I think abstractly and then I throw things on paper and make lists and it grounds me. Um, so we're gonna make a list right now. This is, this is your time to interact with me and you, most of you have masks on so if you could speak loudly, that would be awesome. 
Um, in a second, I want you to um, respond to this question, which is why do we seek to hear God? Why do we seek to hear God? And, and I, want, I, I want you to answer this from your personal perspective. Not just like, oh, all Christians seek God because of this reason. Like, I want you to think about why do I seek God to hear, to hear his, his voice? What's the reasoning behind that? What am, I, what am I looking for? What am I thinking about? What am I you know, actively pursuing in that? So think about that for a moment. Why do I seek to hear God? If, if, that, is why, if that is what you do. All right, anyone, I know it's quick, but anyone have, want to answer that question? Anyone? Yes, Larry. He wants more. Yeah, more relationship, more uh, invitation, more collaboration, more, more everything. Want more. What else? Yeah, Henrik. To understand. We want to know how things work. And we also often ask the question, why? Why did this happen? Or how does this, you know, what is this situation? And that sometimes comes from like a negative experience. Why does this happen? But sometimes it's not. It's like, this is incredible, which is probably where Henrik's coming from. Uh, like this is, I'm so in awe. Like, I want to know how this works and interacts. We, we want to know. We want to understand. What else? Yes. Guidance and clarity. This is a big one, oftentimes. Guidance and clarity, direction. What's the Lord's will for my life? That's a, that's a real common one. What else? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Comfort and love. Comfort and love. So pursuing or, or seeking the Lord for comfort, affirmation, love, relationship. To know who he is and to know who I am. Mm. To know who he is and to know who I am. I'm repeating for everyone on the, so we can all hear. So, sorry if it feels like a repetitive thing. Um, to know who he is and know who I am. To know our identity. Um, and take one more. Anyone? Brandon. Um, I feel like my life is very different when I'm not listening. Mm. So there's, uh, can you talk about, can you take that a uh, step further in explaining that? I feel like when I listen, there's transformation. Mm. Yeah, we walk away changed when we hear and when we listen um, differently. Other things are pursuing, you know, not going with knowledge like wisdom, peace, hope, intercession, we hear God like, how should we pray? Let's pray. Um, for prophetic ministry, how can we encourage um, someone else? Learning and growth, abiding and being transformed in, in that connection. To lead others, to understand how should we lead, what should we say, what should we teach, how do we teach, all those things. This is a great list, and, and I'm gonna, so we're gonna go through this, um, this list. I've got seven truths about hearing God. Seven truths about hearing God. <clears throat> seven truths about hearing God. And uh, a lot of those are things that you mentioned. Um, and I have a point to going through this list. One is to cast vision, but also to look 
uh, at it from a different angle, which we'll get to after we get through this list. So, hey. So sometimes when the uh, antenna gets hit, it makes that noise, so I apologize. All right, so number one, we hear God to be in relationship with him and to grow in intimacy. Relationship and intimacy, number one. Um, that we, we covered a lot of last week, and, and uh, so I encourage you to go check that out. Uh, the whole meta-narrative, the whole purpose of us being here is to be in relationship, to be in relationship, so with the Lord. Um, and part of that is that conversational prayer life, that conversational relationship. So there's things like listening prayer and um, prophetic prayer and those are all part of this, this dialogue. Prayer is not just me talking at God, petitioning, you know, even, even praising him. That is just one side of prayer is a conversational relationship. And so there's this invitation for us to learn and to grow in how to listen. All right, number two, <clears throat> to follow, we hear God to follow and to be led. To follow and to be led. And this has, this is like the big one. This is what, especially with college students, I teach at Indian Wesleyan, so this is a big one constantly. It's like, oh, like, what is the purpose for my life? Why am I here? Where am I headed? I need all the answers now, you know? There's such pressure, you know, culturally, um, and just, just to know anyways, like there's such pressure to know um, what, what does the Lord have for me? Um, and there's, there's this desire, and this has to do with obedience. There's a desire to obey, so we, we wanna know, so tell me what to do so I can obey, so I can, you know, because obeying you is loving you, right? So, um, <clears throat> but what happens is sometimes we take this to a point of if we don't know what the Lord's will is, then we can't make a decision. And we're actually not looking for relationship, we're looking for security. So um, let's talk about this. So again, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them, they follow me. They follow me. Um, right before that, Jesus talks through this whole parable about the sheep and how he's the good shepherd, um, which it goes further into that. Um, Psalm 119, 105, I love, I love this verse. Um, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my, pa- my path. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay, David was writing this and at that time he didn't have the New Testament. Um, he didn't have a lot of the other books that we have in the latter half of the Old Testament. And so um, he's talking about your spoken word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So your spoken word reveals the next steps, the lamp to my feet, so you're looking at your feet, what's the next step? You know, Indiana Jones, stepping into the crevasse, hoping there's a, something there. If anyone, I, I make movie references in my classes all the time, students do not get them. So maybe you'll get that, but I know anyone over the age of 30 will get it. So here we go, uh, step, you know, lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so he outlines his word, gives us direction on next steps and the bigger vision. That's what that's talking about. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, this was a, so I'm gonna tell a little story. I'm a designer by trade, and a number of years ago, I picked up the largest gig that I've had ever. Very, very expensive, very prestigious, a lot of pressure, um, and typically on projects of this scale, I was more of a cog. I didn't lead these projects, but in this situation, I'm leading this project. 
and it's a redesign of a website for a university. So big, a lot of moving parts. Um, I'm, I have employees that I'm paying, contractors, so there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. So I'm praying about this, I'm like, Lord, um, with most of my projects, um, I'm like, okay, God, is this something where you want me to go into, you know, do I have peace about choosing, the, you know, going this direction? Um, sometimes I don't, so I just stay away from certain projects. But this one, I felt like the Lord's like, okay, yeah, I have peace. The Lord's like, let's do this. Let's do this project. And this is like a four-month-long project, right? And so I get in this project, and then over time, very quickly, it got very difficult and very difficult and very difficult. And then, I won't go into the details because it'll bore you, but essentially what happened, Tyler was actually around for this. He helped me through this time. Oh, man, it was the, one of the most stressful times of my life because there was so much pressure. The people working for me did not deliver, and two weeks out, they're like, hey, we're not going to hit the deadline. Uh, can we get an extension? I'm like, no. So what happened was, because of other people's decisions, um, I lost quite a bit of money uh, on that project. And finally get done with the project, and it's so bizarre. The client's like, we love it, it's amazing. This is so good, they're still using it today. The contact that I have, uh, that I worked with there is now the university president. You know, just like crazy things that are like, you know, all connected into that. And, and I walk away from that project so confused, because like, God, like, what was that? I was so stressed out. I was <clears throat> having panic attacks. I was um, just like so much pressure um, to deliver and to do it well. And, and then people I was working with me fell through and it's gonna be all on me because I'm the face, you know? The, cl the client doesn't know all the, all the contractors that are working for me. Um, and so I'm talking with the Lord about this. I'm di di uh, we're, we're, um, what's the word? We are dialoguing, uh, we are recapping. We're, we're, we're kind of talking about the project, and I'm like, Lord, what the heck? Why, what? I thought you said, like, we're supposed to do this. Like, this is, like, where I'm supposed to go. Because the fruit in the middle was terrible. There, I mean, that was not good. The fruit afterwards was okay. And he was like, yeah, I did. We, we stepped in this thing together, and then you just took off running. And I just completely just got into a mode and started doing things the way I knew how to do, and I stopped talking with the Lord about it, and then I got into a lot of like trouble, and then it was just like stressful as all get out. And even if the same exact things had happened, the guys didn't deliver, I'm losing money, I could have walked through that situation with the Lord in a place of abiding and of peace and of hope, and not have been totally overwhelmed. So. The purpose of why I share that is that it's not always about your decisions. It's about relationship with the Lord. Relationship with the Lord invites us into initiative and collaboration. He wants to collaborate with us. We're not, he's not a taskmaster saying, you know, uh, you do this, you do this, you do this. You know, last week we talked about we move from servants to being friends. We get to know the heart of the Lord and we get to respond in that relationship. All right, number three, to build up the church. We hear God to build up the body. This is a um, great starting place to learn about um, and to learn the practice of hearing the Lord um, in a structured environment. We're gonna talk about that later. Um, 
to build up the body. This comes from 1 Corinthians, um, talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and specifically, we're talking about, in this context, prophetic ministry. And so, let me just break it down. Sometimes words can, a lot of associations, very simply put, prophetic ministry, New Testament prophetic ministry is me listening, asking the Lord, how can I encourage this person? Hearing the Lord say something or show me something, and me conveying that to that individual. And so, we do this in 1 Corinthians um, 14, Three says, um, we, we speak to people for their edification, building them up, their encouragement, and their comfort. And so a lot of times, that's when prophetic words within the body of Christ have impact and have value, um, is when they are building up the church, encouraging and comforting. And so that's a process of listening to the Lord and then conveying, etc. cetera. Um, we'll come back to that. Number four, I had to switch these. Number four, uh, we hear God to learn, grow, and receive wisdom. We hear God to learn, grow, and receive wisdom. I didn't start my timer, but let's uh, pretend I did. Okay. Um, Learn, grow, and receive wisdom. Part of, uh, so I was talking with my dad today, and, and, he was actually talking, in, I, we're in, I was in a conversation, my dad was talking, and uh, sorry dad, I didn't get your permission to share this, but um, <clears throat> one thing he said was, uh, he's talking about uh, parenting, and he's like, man, there's some things I wish I could have done different, and he said, basically the main thing is I wish I had parented from, not from a place of control, but a place from a, of development, and so, um, his story was like his, his parents, et cetera, were, that's what he saw and that's what he interacted with and he didn't, never saw any other option. And that was just, he was a lot better. Um, and I, I mean, my dad was great. You know, it's challenging as all parenting is, but, and being a kid, being parented, but um, it was great. But this, this is so beautiful because this is how God sees us. He doesn't lead us to control us, he leads us to develop us and to more of who he created us to be. And so this idea of like to learn, to grow, and receive wisdom is, is part of it is to um, be reconciled with, with our identity in him. That, you know, and so like this idea of how the Lord has made you a specific way, we see this in Psalms. He knit us together in our mother's womb and, and we come into this world, this is um, fractured and not aligned or, co- or connected to that, what his initial design was. And so this process of hearing like, no, I created you this way. I created you this way. And we get to, as we hear that from the Lord and hear that from each other in community, from the Lord, that we have the opportunity to choose that and to align ourselves with who he created us to be, which then, which is this process of reconciliation, which uh, Jesus um, is, is reconciling all things to himself in the fullness of, of, of time. We're gonna look at that in a moment. But um, the other cool thing about this, so I mentioned wisdom. This was like my high school, and it might have been early college, I don't know, but this blew my mind and just opened up this whole world for me. Um, who did, really is confused by the Proverbs? Anyone? Anyone confused? Anyone like, uh, it's not my jam. I, I wouldn't read that often. Anyone love the Proverbs? Okay, we got a couple. Very cool. I'm in that boat now. Um, I was just like, why? Wow, I don't, I get it. You know, like, 
words of wisdom, but what, what are you saying? What's going on? Um, A.W. Tozer, who's heard of A.W. Tozer? So he was a pastor, South, uh, ended up being in South Chicago. Um, really interesting guy. This, he was born late 1800s, died in the 60s, um, did a lot of his work in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and, and so on to, to when, he was, uh, when he passed away. But he uh, didn't graduate high school, dropped out at age of 17, um, had an experience with the Lord, committed his, his life to the Lord at 17, didn't go to seminary, um, had a call from the Lord in his life to do ministry, and so he... Um, Pursued that, pursued that. A lot of things ended up in South Chicago. Um, and became, and no one really knew him at the time. He spoke on the radio in that area, but that really wasn't, he wasn't well known um, until much later on. And part of that is because he wasn't connected to seminaries. He wasn't connected to schools. He, wasn't con- he was just a pastor at a local church. And um, so I, I give you that background because this guy, uh, wrote a number of books, and a number of his teachings have been collected together, but one of the books he wrote is The Pursuit of God. The Pursuit of God. And uh, in this, it's just incredible, really rich wisdom and revelation and understanding, which he picked up, not through seminary, I'm not dowsing seminary for the record, but this is his story, not through seminary, but through relationship and prayer and being on his face before the Lord and listening. And so, that's where this comes from, and that's why he doesn't quote other people. It's because it comes out of his own relationship with the Lord. It's crazy. So I'm setting this up. One of the things that he points out is that the ancient Hebrews, meaning Old Testament Hebrews, the people of Israel, used the uh, word for wisdom interchangeably with the voice of God. So when you have that little key and you open up to Proverbs, um, Proverbs, I'm just going to real quick. It suddenly m- starts to sound a little bit different. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom, to know the voice of God and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction, etc., etc., etc. And we see this, um, and we reference this later on, but there in, um, uh, let's see here. Classic. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I am now. Uh, but it says that wisdom, I can't find it, but it, it talks about, it personifies wisdom as, as a female voice. Wisdom stands on the corner and cries like, listen, listen. And if you reframe that into the voice of God stands on the corner and cries, listen, listen, it completely begins to reframe the Proverbs in a very different context. Because I would say, David, like A.W. Tozer, or vice versa, prayed and sat with the Lord and heard these things and wrote them. He's not quoting other people. I mean, he does occasionally, but that's, it's, it's coming out of this prayer life, this conversational prayer life. So, wisdom, unlocking, uh, or being connected to the voice of God. Number five, this goes right into this. We hear God for our well-being, for our well-being. And that was brought up, Sid brought up for, for strength, for encouragement, for peace, um, to abide. For, for me, this has been, this past year and a half or so, um, been crucial because my life has gotten crazier and crazier and crazier. Um, for those of you who are, who are in that storyline, you know how uh, it is right now. So um, 
Abiding by listening, for me, is what roots me daily in his love and in his relationship. If I'm not sitting before the Lord, listening every morning, like literally, this sounds like, oh, I gotta check it off. He's like, no, I have to do this to survive. If I don't do this, then I'm just all over the place. My emotions are everywhere. I can't focus. I don't know what is just uh, a situation, what is a spiritual attack, what is um, me just being stressed out, what is whose voice I'm listening to, whether it's the Lord's or someone else's or some other uh, um, thing that ha- you know, has, a th- has a thing towards my life, you know, principalities, rulers, and authorities of the, of the world, you know, Ephesians 6. So I have to listen every single morning to be rooted and to be remain and to be a Abiding in his voice, otherwise I'm just a mess. I'm a wreck. This is so key. So Psalm 25, uh, 12 through 14. Who is the man who fears the Lord? We talked about fearing the Lord last week, so please go back and listen to that if you haven't. Him will he instruct, and he's talking about the Lord. Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to him them his covenant. His soul shall abide in well-being. Not only that, but the promises that have been given to him will come to fruition, inheriting the land, meaning, meaning that. Proverbs one thirty three. but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. This past year, I was asking the Lord, what's, what's this season like for me? And I heard the Lord say, it's gonna be a season, oh, hold on, I'm gonna mess it up. It's gonna be a season of ease that will not be easy. And I was like, whoa, okay, let's unpack that. I, I don't understand that quite right now. Um, but it was just constant trials difficulty, challenges, as life is, and, we, and I was talking with a friend today, he's like, it's funny, we think that's gonna end. It's like, oh, this is just for a little while, and then it's gonna smooth out, you know, and it's like, no, this is a pretty consistent thing. Life is challenging, you know, um, especially for believers, and I'm not talking about politics, I'm talking about, like, the rulers, principalities, and authorities of this world, Ephesians 6. Okay, so, um, what was I saying? Uh, nope, lost it. That's all right. This happens in class too. <clears throat> Dwell secure. Season of ease without being, with that isn't going to be easy. So, uh, but through that process, through that cha- those challenges, we can dwell and abide in the Lord's voice, and it can be a season of ease and favor. Even in the midst of the craziness. Okay. So, uh, and here's the last reference here: John eight thirty one to thirty two. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We hear God for our well-being. All right, number six, two more, two more. Number six, we hear God to hope and believe. To hope and believe. And I'm specifically gonna talk about this in regards to promises that we have in scripture and promises that we have from the Lord that we've received or heard. Um, and we mentioned this last week, Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. 
Romans 15, 13. This is my all-time favorite verse ever. And I know people are like, oh, my favorite verse is this and this and this, but, and maybe this will change, but this is, this is what grounds me. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so by, by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in the act of believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Not just have a little hope, but abound in hope. Whew. It gets me. And so you have this, um, this context, and I, I was part of reading through this when I you know, first engaged with this verse was that God is a God of hope, but what's this thing about believing? Fill you with all joy and peace in the process, in the act of believing. And the Lord's like, the believing is, is you can, believing is just a, is just a, a response to hearing the Lord's voice. So it's a response to hearing his voice, it's a response to hearing other voices, but the response to believing his voice is hope. A response to believing other voices and believing that is not hope. I would suggest hopelessness, and that, you know, I was told someone, it sounds like you're dealing with hopelessness, and they got really offended, and oh, I'm not hopeless, you know, because it sounds like really dramatic, and I'm not using it in a dramatic term. Hopeless, less hope, not a lot of hope, you know. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. So the, we hear a voice, we believe it, and that produces something. When we hear the Lord's voice it, and believe it, it produces hope. When we hear other voices and we believe it, it produces hopelessness. So there's times where, like, anxiety or, or just, like, you're, you are totally run out and you're like, I don't, this is never gonna work or just totally down. Consider what voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you listening to? Reroute yourself into the Lord's voice. What does he say about that situation? So, thank you, Brandon. Um, Psalm 119, 114, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. You're my hiding place and my shield. His word and, and believing that creates uh, protection. It creates security. It creates um, a place that we can go to in a time of need. Uh, I was going to talk about promises here. Um, and I could, uh, there's a whole thing, whole message probably. I could do this, but I'm just going to reference it really quick. Promises are like seeds that the Lord plants in our hearts. And when you think of our heart as a, as a soil, a plot of land, as a garden, he plants those seeds in our hearts. Um, and I'm getting this from Mark 4, where, where Jesus gives the parable of the sower. So if you take that context and apply it to that parable or look at it from that lens, it starts to make a little bit different uh, understanding. But seeds, I'm sorry, promise are seeds. Um, we sometimes want the whole tree, but and Bill Johnson talks about this. We want the whole tree, but we can't handle the whole tree. We can handle a little acorn, you know, to start. And then we work with him, we cultivate that. Um, but we're given promises to respond and to believe to those words, because those are his spoken words. And hope is the confident expectation of a coming good, that those will come to fruition, not because of what I do, not because of... Uh, any cultural scenario, but because God is good. 
And because he's good, we can hope. All right, number seven, last one here. We hear God to give God glory. Which is kind of interesting. We hear God to give God glory. Personally, I'm like, man, whenever I hear like the talk about God receiving glory, I just don't connect with it. I don't, it's not emotionally there for me. I'm kind of like, okay, it's, it exists, but I don't understand it. So, um, but if you think about it like this, someone, a, a designer of sorts, creates a toy. We have toy designers that exist in our world. Creates a toy and uh, puts it out there for the world to purchase, interact with, engage with, etc. And Matt comes along with two little kids and says, oh, a toy, and this looks great for my kids. Gets the toy, gives it the kids. The kids engage with the toy in the way it was created. Sparks imagination, play, collaboration, etc., etc. The creator of that toy is gonna look at that situation and be like, wow, that is awesome. And others who are like, you created that toy? That's amazing, look what it's doing. It gives glory, it gives recognition back to the creator. And so when we've been created for relationship, we've been created to be in conversational uh, relationship with the Lord, and we listen and we respond, it's an honoring, it's a glory, it gives glory back to the creator because that's what we were created to do. So when we step into our identity and step into who he's made us to be, that becomes um, a reflection back to him. And part of this is partnering a relationship with him in the process of, and journey of reconciliation. And we talked about this last week, so we're gonna just hit this really quick. Um, John 17, 10, Jesus is praying to the, Lord, to the Father um, before he um, goes to um, before he ascends, I believe. All, he says, all mine, he's talking to the Father, all mine, all my, my, uh, my sheep, my, my followers, my disciples are yours, my friends, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. We glorify Jesus. Jesus is glorified through us. This is so weird. Like, what? We're so messed up. Matt isn't, but, you know, the rest of us. I'm just kidding. I got to fill in for Nick, you know, here. Um, John 15, 7 through 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. And I don't think that's just ask whatever it is and it'll be done for you. And by that, the Lord is glorified. I think it's the whole thing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and you, it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And how earlier in that chapter, in John 15, for everyone who's been reading it, how do we bear fruit? By be connecting, by being connected to the Father. So it's not just by what we do. All right, last item here. Uh, in Ephesians, it talks about the uh, being collaborating with this process of reconciliation in Christ. It says if, uh, Ephesians 1.10, um, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. When Christ's design, because he spoke all things to life, his design, he came, he restored, began that process of rest restoration which leads to reconciliation and when it comes back into fruition, how we've been designed, 
is aligned with how he intended, both individually as the body of Christ and with our relationship with him. When that comes into alignment, that's that, that's that glory moment when his presence is shining through that and he's glorified. All right, so we hear God. To be in relationship and intimacy, to follow and be led, to build up the body for our well-being, to, lean, to learn, grow, receive wisdom, to hope and believe, and to give God glory. So the reason why I ran through all this, and here's, we're, gonna, we're bringing it together here, um, hearing God is much bigger than just knowing his will and giving prophetic words. Hearing God is much bigger than that. It's much more integrated. Like the, the, one of the foundations of a life with Christ is hearing God. Just to point that. And so the shift I'm inviting us into, I want to invite us into, and I feel like the Lord is inviting us into, is going from passive listening to active listening. Thriving relationship requires active communication and active listening. So passive listening, this is my, and here's a brief story, and then we're going to wrap up here. Um, I grew up not ever talking about hearing the Lord, um, had a couple moments and experiences growing up as a kid into high school, and then began to um, be part of a community that talked about this. And so I recognized, okay, this is a thing. And the Lord would speak to me every once in a while, you know, in a moment, um, and that could, that could be through, uh, we'll talk about it in a moment, actually. I, won't get, I don't wanna get there yet. Um, spoke to me occasionally. And then a friend of mine, um, who I told he was gonna make a cameo because he is the one who uh, started this journey for me, really. Um, he started a group when I was in college about how do we hear the Lord's voice? What does that look like? And I was a part of that. And it was incredibly foundational because it went from, oh, I can just hear him every once in a while. It's on his terms. He speaks occasionally when he needs to, and then I'll hear whatever, to know, like, we have an active relationship with the Lord, and we get to, like, dialogue with him all the time, and he's actively speaking, actively speaking. Genesis, oh my gosh. First thing that God does in our account, in scripture, first thing, and God said, he spoke at the very beginning and he hasn't stopped speaking. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Then he sends the Holy Spirit to restore connection and continue to speak to us. It hasn't stopped. And so for him to say, oh yeah, you know, every once in a while, like, he'll speak out here, you know, that's, that's passive listening, but I'm, I believe the Lord's inviting us into active listening. How could that look? Great question, Luke, and I wish we had a whole another 20 minutes, but we don't, so um, think about it in this, in this manner first. When you're in a relationship with somebody and you are passively listening, you're, uh, ironically, I know Matt's doing something important, but you're on your phone, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, or you're watching TV or Netflix or you're like fiddling with stuff and Matt's talking with me, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. That's not active listening. Active listening is when you are engaged with someone and you are making eye contact and you're listening and you're nodding and you're affirming and you're receiving and you're commenting back. 
That, this, that is a process of active listening. You're engaged in the conversation, you are intaking information, and you're responding with information that is relevant to what's going on, and you might even add more to the conversation, and vice versa. And so, that is the same with the Lord. How can we sit and have active communication and active listening with the Lord? Um, there are a, man, I would love to get into this, but I'm not. So there are a, uh, here are, I wanna offer a couple, uh, a list of things here as resources moving forward. Um, man, so much I wanna say. Um, active listening has to do with posture. That's the, that's the key. So when you're entering into some of these things I'm gonna talk about, Consider like, what is the Lord saying? And even ask him, what are you saying? What are you saying in this, in this situation, in this scripture, et cetera, et cetera. So here are the resources. Prayer, prayer. That's where it all starts. Prayer, ask the Lord, talk with him. Just vent. Lord, I'm venting. What do you think about this? What are your thoughts? What do you have to say? And listen, sit, listen, wait. Um, all right, another thing, journaling. This is a big thing for me. It grounds me, because I'm whoo, all over the place. Journaling helps ground me. Um, there's a great resource on uh, the Helzers podcast. They have a resource that's about journaling the Lord's voice. So I can't remember the name or what it is, but Helzers podcast, journaling the Lord's voice. And it has, a, it has like a um, workshop that they do that you can do and, and participate in. Books, um, <clears throat> Jack Deere, Surprised by the Voice of God which we, I think we have in the back, or we don't have books out right now, but um, Dallas Willard, for those of you who, who prefer more conservative authors, um, Hearing God, Dallas Willard's Hearing God, A.W. Tozer, Pursuit of God, Brother Lawrence, Practicing the Presence of God, and there's numerous others, but those are, those are some key ones. All right, uh, another thing is scripture, obviously, Written, written word, or spoken word that's been written down, scripture. Uh, who better to unveil that and unpack that than the Lord, talking with the Lord? Um, beyond just hearing the Lord unpack that, interact in, in that relationship, Lectio Divina is a great practice. Lectio Divina, look it up. It's been a centuries-long practice in the church, as in the, in the bigger church, Big C Church. Um, we can uh, listen in community, we practice in community, we can um, receive our original design, ask the Lord for original design for ourselves, not just in community. Uh, prayer walks, talk, this is great because you, it helps like break up the weirdness of like sitting and all of a sudden you just like, you hear the electricity of the light bulbs and you're like, oh, you start getting so distracted and then you hear someone like breathing, and you're like, oh, I'm so distracted. For me, like doing something active sometimes helps me like remove that and I get in a zone and I just engage with the Lord. Um, I don't do, I do prayer rocks, but what I prefer to do is cycling. I, I cycle. So if you're runners, this is a great thing. Um, so I get on my bike and I'm going and I'm just like talking to the Lord. It's awesome. Proverbs, getting into the Proverbs, talked about that. And then last thing, prophetic ministry, uh, and prophetic, the prophetic, and ministry um, as a way of practicing. This is a really key thing. And this is um, a lot of our roots as Kingdom Life came out of this. And this is my, part of my story too, is that it wasn't until I sat in a training session of how do I hear the Lord's voice for other people to encourage them that I was able to begin that consistent relationship of knowing his voice so I can speak it to others and eventually 
all this other stuff that we just talked about, those, five, those seven things, right? So we have awesome classes that are starting next week. Matt will probably talk about that. But if you, this is a great, I, I really encourage you, if this is something you're interested in, if you're beyond just like doing it on your own, doing it in community, in a safe place where you can practice and mess up and it's fine, um, and doing it in a, in a structured environment. So it's not just like, yeah, just go listen to the Lord. Good luck. Tell us what happens, you know, which is good. But this is a structured environment, and so it provides context. It provides purpose. It's a great place to serve others by in practicing and learning to hear the Lord's voice. All right, that's all I have for that. Um, if you want to talk further about some of this stuff, please find me. Um, but we're going to pray and be done. Oh, man, that's great. Like two minutes over. Nailed it. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are actively pursuing us in relationship. We thank you that you speak. We thank you that um, you desire to be with us and us with you. Lord, would you open our ears to hear your voice, open our minds to understand your voice, open our hearts to receive. Lord, draw us deeper, remove blocks, Lord. Would you prepare the soil of our hearts to receive your word that you plant in us? Receive your promises, receive your encouragement, your direction, your comfort. Lord, remind us that we're not alone. We're never alone. Lord, ask for the grace for us to abide in your word and in your love and in you and in that connection and relationship with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you uh, speak to us. Make us more aware of your presence. Lord, we thank you. We bless you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.